Welcome to Audio Drama Showcase by Legend Smith Productions. I'm Scooter, and with me, I have Morgan Hazelwood. Hey! LJ Donnell. Hiya! Thomas Sixton. How's it going? And Max Baskin. How you doing? Today we'll be listening to Centauri Express, produced by David Benedict. It originally premiered in the late 1980s and was revitalized in 2016. Centauri Express was originally released on cassette tape as part of a subscription package by the Atlanta Radio Theater Company, or the ARTC. In 2006, they decided to make a podcast, primarily featuring recordings of the ARTC's live performances. By 2016, their podcast was rebranded as the new Centauri Express where they started producing original content designed specifically for the podcast. Starting with the series Dash Cardigan. This episode is the fourth part of the story, Nairobi Jack and the Lost Gold of the Atlanta Mangani, called Zendari. Originally published on October 26, 2017. (laughs) Okay, let's get started. Now boarding the Centauri Express. Africa. Vast, diverse. A treasure house of wonders and mysteries beyond understanding or comprehension. Great savannas and veldt grasslands like living seas, stretching from the eye to infinity. Dark, lush jungles fed by deep green rivers, heavy with life and with death. The great European powers secured in their guns and armies, carved into neat little spheres of influence, into protectorates and colonies, splashed the maps with colors of their own. They built their cities, pale imitations of drove their roads and railways like spears through the heart of a continent. It was a time of heroes. White heroes, black heroes, and of adventurers. Africa, mysterious, mystical Africa, has always been kind to adventurers. The Lost Gold of the Atlanta Mangani, a Nairobi Jack Rackham adventure. Chapter 4, Zandari. The Martin expedition had finally gotten underway. I still wasn't thrilled about it, but money is money. What I didn't know was that Buana Barney Carter and Company had decided to attach themselves to us with Barney's usual tact and grace. His method was brought home to me as we toiled upriver rather forcibly. Nairobi! Great. Just great. Everyone over the side! Over the side! You have taken leave of your tiny... I said over the side, lady! Ah! Everybody else, no argument! Over the damn sides! Airplanes, machine guns yet! Africa used to be so uncomplicated! My gun! Jim, my gun! Where the hell are you, Jim? Near Nairobi! (gasps) I got it right. Here, give him here. What's the matter with you? Woman ain't my strong point. Then tread water, fool. 
This cannon is just dry enough to shoot. What the? Great shooting, Nairobi. You got him. I didn't do it, Jim. Of course you did. Got him right in the engine, dead center. What an eye. Thank you, Mr. Slayback. Oh, God. Jeez, lady. That was you? My daughter is a crack shot. She was a member of the last Olympic team. Didn't we tell you that, Nairobi? No, you never mentioned that. Must have slipped my mind. Senility is a curse, Professor. He's backing off, Nairobi. He's going to have some trouble staying airborne. Poor baby. I assume you can handle things from this point, Mr. Rackham? I'll take a run at it, Dr. Martin. Do you think you feel up to helping me back into the boat? I'm amazed you trust my competence. I don't. But Dad's too weak, and Mr. Slayback's feet don't touch the bottom. Right. Things are shot up a bit, but everyone seems okay. Uh, Why are you looking at me like that, Nairobi? I was just thinking that if it wasn't for you, Jim... Right now, I'd be in a nice, dry bankruptcy court. Mr. Rackham! Alone. Jim was right. No deaths, but everything shot to hell and gone. We limped ashore and set up camp. The bearers huddled around the fires and kept glancing over their shoulders back towards the way we had come. It was bad enough to sign on for the Zandari. No one had said anything about killer birds from the sky. Jim and I were going over the supplies, trying to see what we could salvage. We lost most of the flour and sugar, but the canned stuff came through pretty well. Take a while to dry out all the bedding, though. What's the ammunition situation? Didn't lose a shell. Those fancy damned waterproof boxes float. Don't tell the Dutchman. He'll try to charge extra. Mr. Rackham! Do you know you have a very singular way of pronouncing my name? Like you're calling for the police. Mr. Rackham, what is this? Hey, uh, careful, lady. You'll break them. Those, Dr. Martin? Those are what we call bottles. They are bottles of whiskey. Scotch whiskey. Bought with funds from this expedition. So? So. Is that all you can say? So? Lady, please. I demand an explanation. This is a serious expedition. Not a roving cocktail party. Okay. They're supplies. Important supplies. Without them, we would be deprived of a very valuable tool. And what tool do we have that runs on scotch? Dusty Jim. You see, Dr. Martin, Jim has a talent. He can fix anything that has moving parts. It's a gift. Guns, cars, typewriters, watches, steam engines, detonators, boats, airplanes. If it can be taken apart and put back together again, Jim can fix it. There's only one little problem. He's got to be rather intoxicated to do it. Hence... The booze. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Even more ridiculous than underground Niles and wandering around Zandari territory looking for vanished civilizations? That's pretty ridiculous, lady. I thought it was ridiculous getting shot up on the river myself. That too. Oh, I haven't had a chance to mention it, but you did some real fine shooting yesterday. For a woman, right? For anyone. Oh. Nairobi. Nairobi, there's someone coming. We're going to have visitors. Professor, people don't usually come calling in the middle of the... Hello! The camp! I don't believe it. Why, look at this. If it isn't my old friend Nairobi Jack Rackham. Imagine meeting you out here in the middle of nowhere. It certainly is a small continent, isn't it? Hello, Barney. Von Altman. And who is this, gracious lady? Right. Where are my manners? 
Dr. Valerie Martin, allow me to present Mr. Barney Carter and his good friend, Count Gunther von Altman. Um, the man mountain behind them is Schunderman. Charmed, my dear, charmed. My, my, you seem to be having a bit of trouble, my friend. Everything here looks a bit shabby, not to mention wet. Perhaps we can be of assistance, hmm? Oh, could you? That would be most... And this is Professor Martin. He's funding this expedition. Pleased to meet you, gentlemen. Uh, About your offer... I don't think we're going to be needing any help right now. Things aren't as bad as they look. They couldn't be. (laughs) We had a little trouble with a smuggler plane a while back, but we're just about stuck back together, right, Jim? Yeah, stuck together. Right. Uh What is the matter with you? Perhaps you saw it, Count. The Count is very knowledgeable about airplanes, Dr. Martin. During the war, he was an ace in the flying circus under von Richthofen. Had eight official kills. Nine. We saw no plane. Pity. So we can't be of any assistance? What a shame. But I'm sure we will be running into each other again soon. Please keep my offer in mind. I would hate to think anything might happen to you, dear people. Come, gentlemen. It was good to see you again, old friend. And you too, old friend. He... he was the pilot, wasn't he? Very good, lady, and if you'd thought for a moment, you'd have remembered me mentioning the name Barney Carter a couple dozen times. Jim, get everyone on their feet. We're getting the hell out of here. You think they'll be back? I don't think they're ever going to leave. I always knew that Barney had some strange contacts, but I never suspected the strangest one. Big Nagamba, Barney's chief enforcer, had a very interesting family. His mother was an outcast from an isolated interior tribe. Big Nagamba was half Zandari. Big Nagamba got them through to the Zandari, right through to Amarka, the great war chief, the hand of the Zandari. Amarka spoke the king's English while he butchered the king's men. In the sun-drenched center of a Zandari outpost, two serpents danced around each other, a black serpent and a white one. Amarka, von Altman. Greetings, Amarka, master of the thousand. Greetings, Sky Lord. You know me? You are the white who soars. My warriors have seen your sky machine. We have word from Lessers what you can do with it. It is said you were a great warrior when whites hunted whites. It is said true. We are of one blood, you and I. (laughs) Not so, Skylord, not so. We are the Zandari, the true people. Let whites slaughter whites. It means nothing to us. Nothing. I bring you presents. We are not Wellari or Beluto. We cannot be bought with their white man's trinkets or their white man's gold. Go speak with the lesser ones, Sky Lord. The Zandari are not for sale. I do not come to buy, Master of the Thousand. I come to help. And what help? Do the true people need from whites? An expedition moves into Zandari territory. I have a spy 
in that expedition, a man who has told me things. He has learned much about their purpose, about the Zandare and the Malatese escarpment and the Atlanta Mangani. Sky Lord, you touch death. You will never leave here alive. I think I will. I think I will leave here with Amaka, Master of the Thousand, and his warriors. I think you know it too. You touch on forbidden things, White. You touch on the heart of the Zendari. Then listen. They head for the escarpment. They know what is kept penned up there, what waits in the heart of the cliffs. They know about the Atlanta Mangani, the hidden ones. They mean to set them free. They will unbind the ancient lords of this land. The Atlanta Mangani will ravage force again, and the ancient trust of the Zandari will be broken forever. No! For generations uncounted, we stood guard. No one sets their wizards free. No one. Feel the ground, Master of the Thousand. Do you feel that tremble? The very ground rebels against what will happen. What will become of the world once the Atlanta Mengani are unleashed again? What will become of the true people once the prison is no more? Your ancient enemy stirs, warrior. We are the Zandare, the true people. You will lead us to the defilers. You will take us to them, and their blood will flood the valleys and plains. We are the eternal storm. Nothing can stand before us. Not white, not black, not the stones themselves. If... You lead us wrong, Sky Lord. You will take a long time dying. In the Valley of the Lions, near the Standing, that is where you will find them. We will be with you. We have guns, many guns. We will help you keep the trust. Arise, my warriors! Santare! 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 Arise, my sons! Santare! 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 We ride the eternal storm. We defend the sacred trust. We cleanse the land with blood. Santare! 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 Keep your trust, Master of the Thousand. All we want is your gold. And Nairobi Jack Rackham dead. I was trying to get some sleep. We had been pushing hard towards the coordinates on the professor's map, trying to outdistance Barney and his German cohorts. Everyone was dog tired. I was just lying there, thinking how nice and peaceful everything was, and how easy it would be to grab another five minutes of sleep, when I discovered Dusty Jim trying to shake my arm off. Nairobi! Wake up, Nairobi! Come on, come on, wake up! Huh? What? 
What's going on? They're gone. They're all gone. Who? Wait, slow down. Who's gone? The bearers. Every damned one of them. They must have ducked out in the middle of the night. What, all of them? Yeah. And everything that wasn't nailed down. We're in big trouble, Nairobi. Okay, okay. Let me get my pants on. What about the professor and the frost lady? I looked in their tent coming over here. They're still breathing. Get them up. We gotta get out of here. Damn, there must have been a spot. Of course there was a spy, you nitwit. How else would Barney have known what was going on? Don't just stand there. Get him up. Right. This has all the earmarks of a really lousy day. It didn't take long for me to get ready, and then Jim and the Martins were swarming all over me. Nairobi, where are all the bearers? Mr. Slayback was telling us... Professor, we don't have time for that now. Can you work a gun? Who cares? Just take this thing, keep this thing clear, and hold the trigger down. Lady, I hope that trick with the plane wasn't a fluke because we're really going to need you. If I can see it, I can hit it. I love you when you're being modest. What's that? That is a gift from God. The Zandari don't believe in sneaking up on people. The Zandari? Holy mother of... They're coming from that way, so we're going to go this way. Got it? Load up, children. Here they come. I say, this is rather exciting. Dad, shut up and shoot! What a lousy day, and it isn't even noon yet! The Zandari. A noble people with very little patience with intruders. What will they do with Nairobi Jack, Professor Martin, Valerie, and the rest? We'll learn it all in Episode 5, The Locked Gate of the Zandari. The Lost Gold of the Atlantamangani, a Nairobi Jack Rackham adventure, Chapter 4, Zandari, was written for audio by Thomas E. Fuller. Featured in today's episode were the voices of Eric Lang, Tom Parsons, David Benedict, Caitlin Laird, Daniel Taylor, Dave Schrader, Brian Troxell, and Paul Patterson. Produced by David Benedict and directed by Hal Wiedemann. Recording engineering at ARTC Studio by Mike McCrary. Editing, mixing, and foley sound effects by David Benedict. Music by Alton Leonard. Music for the Centauri Express, provided by Paul Mercer and Davis Peterson with Sasha Zuba. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found us. And we also accept support through patreon.com slash ARTC. On behalf of the Centauri Express, this is Atlanta Radio Theater Company executive producer David Benedict reminding you that there is adventure in sound. All material is copyright by its creators or the Atlanta Radio Theater Company. ARTC.org So I, I actually really like this episode. Tommy, you have opinions here. Let's, yes. Let's hear them first, since you're the most verbal about <laughs> them, clearly, already. Well, it felt like a lot of this episode was set up for other episodes, which, as a self-contained unit, doesn't make the episode itself very engaging. We spent more time with the negotiation of accents than we did with the main characters. You see, I think that's part of the aesthetic that they're going for because they're looking more at the era of radio drama serializations and film serializations the way they used to have a main feature, a cartoon, and a couple of serials when you went to the movie. And I think that they're capturing that aesthetic well. 
My problems were more of how other things from that era were brought into a modern production, and I'm not sure how appropriate they were. Yes, the super racist parts. So I, I hear what you're saying because it was like they were trying to bring that time into this time, but because there's so much, there's been so much added to their hermeneutical horizons since then, like so much history, it became very ham-fisted. It was like, listen to this racism, listen to it harder. And you're like, ooh, that was very meta, I guess. So here's the thing. If you want to make a serial, tag it as that and make it so, hey, you can't listen to episode four without listening to episodes one, two, and three first. But otherwise, if you want your episode to be self-contained, there has to be like a three-act structure within that episode. So let's let's just say that this does make sense within the context of everything else. I mean, like they had to give us one episode. Maybe this is just the the one that made the most sense as an individual one. What did, what, what did you think with barring that one part of it then, Tommy? There was a lot of banter. That was kind of it. I did like, um, I mean, one of the things I look for when I'm listening to certain things um, are, are ships. And that's going to sound really lame, but I know a lot of you listeners out there also look for ships. I do like be- <sighs> What she means is fan fiction relationships. I'm going to punch you <laughs> so hard. I'm shipping my fist with your face. Anyway, <laughs> so. It's going to be so hot. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna see a drawing of it on Tumblr in like two days. Like it's gonna this? be so hot. Anyway, so I do like I do like the banter. Um, I thought the acting in general was very good. Um, I thought that they took some risks with accents, and sometimes it worked, and a lot of times it didn't. Uh, but I do appreciate the actors moving towards that way, and maybe they get better as time goes on. I feel that a lot of the accents were trying to differentiate the characters, um, no matter how well or poorly they may have done in them, and that the acting really was really dramatic, and they had a lot of good action and stuff, but the script itself was really cheesy, and they made sure to emphasize the B in subtle. Oh, I see what you did there. Eh, yeah, eh. yeah. I, I actually thought it was a pretty good recreation of that time period of thing but sure. i understand what you're going for max um maybe it's the recreation of some of the parts of it that are not the best <laughs> parts of that time period i do have to say that the overall production quality the background sound the foley work all of that really made me look at the stuff that we've done and go wow we, we still have a lot of work to do because Absolutely. it was amazing it really was we on, could kick on it the engineering side a-okay I could totally picture what was happening in the boat and the and the guns firing and everything. The timing of feet running through dry grass. Yeah. I was really I was really impressed with their timing. I was really impressed with their music. Um they they created the scene. It just it didn't always grip me, but I think I, again, I think you're right. I think this was a um an episode where they're giving us a lot of information, a lot of backstory um without a lot of um um Moving forward to the actual story, there was just a lot of backstory going on. There, there was a reasonable amount of action. They just, when they hit backstory, dwelled on it a little too long. I think they could have summarized it or been briefer and cut, you know, half the lines and kept going just to get the momentum. And I think I remember Morgan mentioning something while we were listening about how 
the transitions didn't always seem very clear, how there seemed to be some almost time skipping going on. And I got that impression, too. This episode by itself didn't feel like a story. It felt like a part of a story. At no point did I feel like there was characters moving toward a destination and reaching a climax. It was just sort of action scene, backstory, flashback, action scene kind of thing. Ending with a cliffhanger, which is appropriate for the genre. Yeah, and actually, even at that time period, there was a lot of episodes that you'd even hear, like, one week, there might be, like, a week of an episode, and then two weeks later for the next part. Okay, in in that kind of context, I can kind of see, oh, we have to go to each of the people we're following and have a scene for them so that next week, you know, we haven't missed anybody. I kind of got that feeling rather than making the episode itself cohesive. I will say I... I am interested in the following episode. I want to know more about what's going on. I guess what what this felt like was it was very much like a, you know, if you liked the free version, like download the the really good version. And so I, I'm I'm tempted to listen to more, but I didn't feel like I got enough from one episode. I mean, I this is the first time I've ever actually heard any of Atlanta Radio Theater Company's works, despite the fact that I've been going to Dragon Con on and off since 1999, and they've been a staple of it for longer than that. How dare you? I know. I, I'm, I'm the worst. Slacker. What did we say about accents? They are the worst. <gasps> How dare you? My accent is flawless. Have we not talked about accents for this one yet? Oh, we talked uh, a little briefly. bit. We, we dwelled on it like a smidge. So what, what's our rule uh, for most Legend Smith stuff regarding accents? No English. Don't. Unless you natively speak it. Yeah, because otherwise it comes off across a little fake. Yeah, they're like, LG Donnell, you can do white trash. Go ahead. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. very much emphasizing, you know, the stereotypes when you do an accent. And a lot of times that's not what we want to bring to the show. Yeah, so some of the accents in this, especially the German accent, were particularly Damn bad. Fisted. Although the, the guy who was the chief of the Zendari, actually, his accent sounded, I would not be surprised if he was at least from Africa. He um, sounded a lot like the guy who does the intro for Nazi Storytime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah similar accent. And so Gogo, uh, the guy who does our intro, is from like South Carolina, I believe. Hmm. It's just his family is from Ghana. Uh, either Ghana or Nigeria, I forget. Well, I can't go to either of those countries just in case it makes me my pants just melt off because every time he talks, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Should we set up a, a live chat with him just so that you can... My pants will fall off. <laughs> oh my! Can, skirt. can we get physicists in the room to see pants literally transition to a liquid form? Because that would just be a scientific breakthrough. See, that's why. It would be better if they could sublimate immediately into a gaseous form, though. Ooh, I think we're being a little ambitious, though. Skirts. Yeah, it's, he's not Benedict Cumberbatch, who if he started talking, I would literally vaporize my own Have self. you seen Benedict Cumberbatch read pie? Like no. the numbers of pi. Have you seen Benedict Cumberbatch do the motion capture for Smog the Dragon? Yes. He's literally yes. crawling on the ground. It's hilarious. Oh my, oh my God. God. I have heard him read Sherlock Holmes and I'm just like, that's fine. I'm just gonna. <laughs> if you'd like fine. to, if you'd like to reverse that process, you can listen to Christopher Walken do Lady Gaga that's lyrics. unacceptable. <laughs> or William Shatner. Can I pull I'm my socks on higher? Can I just fucking. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Anyway. So back to the uh, matter at hand. Um, Yeah. So let's get some individual thoughts. Um, Morgan? 
Um, so overall, I felt that the plot was full of action and lots of moving forward with whatever the plot is. But I felt that a lot of the exposition scenes were a bit long and the accents could have been stronger in places. But overall, the audio quality was really good. And I liked the music and some of the acting was really engaging. Go ahead, LJ. So I think... Um... I feel what I said before was that it was an it was a good tidbit, but as its own episode, I felt like it didn't have enough to to satisfy me. I felt I felt very unsatisfied by one episode. I did like the music. I did like the um, um, sound effects. I did I did like the acting overall, and the writing was very interesting, um, despite some glaring. Um, racial and and stereotypical issues but overall i would listen to the next episode absolutely ty i was not a fan i kind of felt like i was dropped into the middle of a story without any sort of context so as a a standalone episode i don't think it holds up also i think the accents are a little even beyond the bad accents i feel like the accents for time periods didn't really match up i'm gonna give it one and a half safari hats (laughs) max that was very pithy, Tommy. Uh, Boom. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, your second word of the day? <laughs> so, He's giving me the middle finger. Rude. <gasps> I do that a lot. Anyway, my thoughts. Uh, production, amazing. Some of the best I've ever heard since we've been doing this. In fact, I think it's probably the best production overall. The script was pretty well plotted. I think that the timing worked out really nicely. There were some bits of transition between dialogue and action that I could see someone not getting into, like Tommy didn't. But it felt authentic for what they were trying to do. And the voice acting, some of it was great. Some of it was just good. But overall, I would definitely listen to more of this. It wasn't a good standalone, but it was a good representation of what they're doing. And like LJ had mentioned, she wants to listen to more to get a better idea of what was going on. So from that perspective, I think they gave us a good episode. So from what I understand, uh, this this is Scooter. Uh, From what I understand, there's, this is pretty stereotypical of the quality you can expect from ARTC. Um, I haven't actually listened to any of their other podcast stuff, but in general, once we make an agreement with a show, I try not to listen to their show until after we've done it, just because I don't want to taint my opinions. Bias yourself. Yeah, I don't want to bias my opinions. But guys, this one episode. I know, right? Um, I have heard some of their stuff live at Dragon Con, and it's always been stellar. Um, I definitely 100% agree with the silliness of the accents in this episode. I thought the voice acting was actually pretty solid. Yeah. I, their uh, normal enunciation there, the fact that you can fully feel the emotional content of what they're saying, it feels like they're part of it. There was actually one point where the enunciation was a little weak. That was in the beginning introductory part. It was difficult to hear with the background music going on. Yeah, the the levels actually for the guy speaking with the African accent in the very beginning were dramatically off compared to everything else. But everything else, yeah. Yeah, the, to the point where we thought that um the headphones might have been acting up, but it's it's actually just part of the performance. Um, but in general, like for example, I would, I'd, I'm probably going to go back and watch, listen to the rest of this just because I'm curious what happens. How many episodes are there in this I, story arc? I don't remember. I think it's eight. Oh, that's not bad. 
Yeah. So it wouldn't take that long to, to listen through. And they've got a bunch in their catalog in general. They do these like mini series nice. for the most part. So what do you guys think? So I know that Tommy is probably not going to go back and listen <laughs> to any more of this. How did you get that? I have no idea. What about you, Morgan? Um, what, what was that app you used to listen to them with? I usually use Podcast Addict. Okay. I, I might be interested in looking into that. Okay. I would definitely listen again. It reminded me a little bit um, in, ter- in flavor and soul of the second season of Avatar The Last Airbender um, in, in the sense that, you know, you're absolutely right. It is a serial. Like there's just little chunks here and there and you got to kind of, but I would definitely listen to it again. Max? Ah, skipping Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I would definitely listen to more of this, but again, I'm a big fan of pulp and noir and this hits a lot of sweet spots for me. Plus, I want to steal as many good ideas as I can from their production because it was just really kind of humbling. Oh, yeah, it's great. I'm, I might have to talk to David a bit about that. Um, but yeah, Tommy, and then your, your, your final thoughts. No comment. That's, that's perfectly fair. Damn. <laughs> tact? Burn. That was tact. That was tact, yeah. Please clap. <laughs> I do believe in fairies. Oh, wait. That was Nairobi Jack and the Lost Gold of the Atlanta Mangani. Episode 4, Zendari. From the show, Centauri Express. To find out more, go to www.artc.com. This was Audio Drama Showcase. For more episodes and information, go to www.legendsmithproductions.com. Thanks for listening. High five. We made it. Bark. <laughs> Woof. <laughs>